and welcome to another fortnightly episode of War Starts at Midnight. I'm Chris Lumpy Gallagher. And I'm Hunter Darth Hader Cates. On today's show, we've reassembled the Jedi Council to review Rogue One, colon, a Star Wars story. Then Jacob will drop by to recap week four of the Midnight Warrior Fantasy Movie League. And finally, we'll wrap up the show as we always do with some really rad recommendations. But first... Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I just pointed out, we have reassembled the Jedi Council. You recall from last year during our Star Wars The Force Awakens that we are joined by Jason Yon Solo. Yon, Jason, welcome back. Hello. And we have expanded the Jedi Council. Joining us this year is Michael Grandmoff Sutton. Sutton? Was, that, was that a backhanded fat joke? expanded no it was it was not backhanded thank you it, it was very explicit thank you thank you i appreciate that now uh during our intro for jason last year chris you pointed out that jason is probably the most optimistic of star wars fans correct at, at least that i mingle with yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are there are far more optimistic fans but uh i i appreciate that he always finds the the good in in the star war well and and for that Every light side has a dark side. Mm-hmm. So if Jason is the most optimistic of Star Wars fans, I would contest Sutton, you are not so much. Would you agree with that? We have our love affair. <laughs> We've been together a long, long time. All right. So, a long time. A long time. I've uh, seen it once and all. In a galaxy far away, in you might say. In a galaxy far away. Near so, and far. So what would you say is good Star Wars to you and what is bad Star Wars? Sometimes I have to differentiate five-year-old Michael from 43-year-old Michael and tell myself, you have to see this through the the eyes of a child. And then the adult in me goes, man, this is really crap. And uh, this one did not disappoint. All right. So um, for context, did you like The Force Awakens? What was your opinion of that? I was one of the people that thought that it was, it was like a, let's reintroduce some people. Let's take our best story and rewrite it a little bit. And we'll sucker some people in, and we'll throw in, we'll pepper in a couple of new things, and we'll give you Empire, and uh, we'll, we're going to kickstart this thing off. Thank you, Disney. So what that, did, did so you... it was it was fine. Uh-huh. It was okay. It was be- it was better than the first three prequels combined, but it wasn't, in my opinion, a great start off for the next three. All right. So didn't you didn't you feel it was kind of just a, a New Hope rehash? Oh, I thought it was a remake of Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yeah. Okay. With a little bit of new hope. So weren't you? But no weren't Ewoks. you torn up a little bit whenever whenever uh, Han Solo died? Though spoiler alert, I was. It was more of a shock. You know, everybody dies, and you know it's going to happen eventually. I was not. I didn't see it coming. So it was maybe a little bit. I kind of a little. <laughs> Is that what you did? I'll, I'll, I'll say that a little bit. <gasps> what? Okay. okay. And since that time, let's. I guess we can go around the room here. How many times have you seen it? Sudden Force, Force Awakens. Awakens? In the theater or in the car driving the kids around? Just all the above. I've, I've probably, it's probably on par with as many as I've seen everything else. All um, right. We, it's, it's in the rotation. And Jason? Uh, same. I mean, if, yeah. I think in, I saw it like three times in theater, but then also just... At home. It's at, rotation. The it's, yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Chris? I think I've seen it four times. I saw it twice in the theater. I think I've seen it twice all the way through since then. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. Well, this is me being a jerk. I've only seen it twice. I saw it twice in the theater. I've only seen it twice. Yeah, I've only seen it twice. What a loser. However, the ending scene wherever Ray encounters Luke on the... I watch that on YouTube from time to time. <laughs> the creepy <laughs> stare away. Yeah, the, we can't... How are we going to end this? No dialogue. Just stare at each other. 
It was like a Tim and Eric episode. Just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Look at him awkwardly. Right, now, 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 now fade spin. to black. Now spin around. Fade to black. And we're done. Well, we let, nailed it. What was he doing? Let's just, what is he doing? I like to think that he was in a, a Japanese rock garden. Just trying to find his Jedi, and she came along and messed it all up. <laughs> kind of wanting to be pissed, but I bet glad well, to see a- somebody. Apparently, uh, episode eight. Wait, yeah, episode eight. It's going to like literally start right after this last one ended yeah. for the first time in the series history. Well, that yeah, that's what I mean. When they released that, it's been maybe close to a year now since mm-hmm. they released that clip with uh, Ryan Johnson hanging like, out in Ireland. Yeah, and, and and calling cut on the first scene. It's like. It's exactly what you see at the end of, of it. So, so maybe maybe the continuation of that scene is Luke being really irritated, yeah. being really <laughs> or, grumpy, or or her just being like, "Hey, are are you the right guy? What's you know, just just addressing the you're, awkwardness?" You're, yeah, exactly. You're Luke Skywalker, right? And then because he, he's so senile, he can't remember. <laughs> His testosterone levels have dropped, so he's just grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The force cannot stop senility. No, senility is no, more powerful. I mean, than Yoda the force. was pretty, pretty grumpy too. That's true. All right. So. so, what is the best thing going in Star Wars right now? Sutton. Up to I mean, Rogue One was really good. Uh, up to this point, I would have said it would have been a tie between the Clone Wars cartoon and Rebels. I mean, since Jedi, I, th- I personally think that those two are the best thing that's happened. Yeah, I think you're right. I like. I really think the, the cartoons tied every. They're tying everything together. Yeah, the development of Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. It's nice having kind of that filler. And I yeah. think Rogue One has done uh, kind of the same thing as far as being kind of the connective tissue that ties in prequel yep. with the original trilogy. Um, and also, I mean, we'll get into this, but it's nice to see little hints of uh, those things from like even the animated series. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that uh, last season of uh, Clone Wars that tied together the second and third movie and then they've bridged the gap between the third movie and uh, New Hope was really great. Yeah. All right. Since, because I've only watched a little bit of this show and I've enjoyed it so far, but I also have no kids, whereas you guys do. You don't do. need kids to watch okay. it. Okay. Well, well, that was, that was my question. a weekend. That was my question yeah. is, yeah, if, if that's socially acceptable. Oh, it's great. It'll take you a while. Yeah, it will. It's like There's, six seasons or something. And you have to have Netflix to get the last season, but it, I mean, it's a yeah. hundred and. A hundred and something episodes that are 22. And, it, you know, it starts off like an old reel of a. In the outer yeah. rim territories, right? You know, yeah, everyone yeah. starts, which is kind of cheesy, but the stories are great. Yep, and they're they're nice one offs. So if you want to learn more about some of these characters that are mentioned, you can see their story kind of play out, or you can just skip some of that stuff and just watch a few and mm-hmm. get an idea. But it's 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 fun, especially again, it's more for Star Wars fans who just like enjoy like enjoy getting more of the story. So I mean, it, it does build on itself. And give you a little bit more reason to uh, have more love for some of the characters. It's like but, your disgusting love of those Ewok movies from the early '80s. But these uh, I, actually the, the stories disgusting. Have I don't I don't understand don't disgusting like, love. Oh, of the Ewok. Those Ewok movies are terrible. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah. speaking of expanding your love of the Star Wars universe, that's exactly what the point of Rogue One was. So stick around after the break, and we will get into our review. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. Good. 
I've been recruiting through the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day they grow stronger. Okay, guys. Generally, I have a bit of a you know scripted intro to uh, to these reviews, but we've got four of us. It's going to be sort of a, a roundtable discussion, so I'm not going to get super formal with it. Um, I I had some notes here. I don't even know if I want to touch on them. You know, a, a, a Rogue One went through uh, some maybe tribulations in uh, throughout you know anticipation of it. News reports of reshoots and rewrites, and maybe even the the film being taken away from Gareth Edwards. I I don't know if if any of that matters. I guess my the question that I want to kind of start off with was was the Force strong with this one, or did it make you want to give in to your anger? Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, of course, of course. This with without saying how I felt about it specifically. This was very much a Gareth Edwards movie. If you've seen Monsters, his debut picture, and then if you've seen Godzilla, which came out a couple of years ago. Have you seen Godzilla? Uh, <laughs> it was playing in the back of the car. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's playing right now it's on your phone, right? kids were watching it. It has great. no children. It's on his phone. But I had it playing in the car. But anyway, both of those pictures, he is a extremely gifted visualist, maybe one of the best working today. Um, I think he his stories drag a little bit. And so I felt that about this. Now, was this, this Godzilla the one with Cranston? Yes, yes. Okay. Cranston one. Okay. For, for I just like, need a for reference like, for like five minutes with yeah. Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and so that's how I felt about this. Is absent the characters you know, these are all basically new characters to uh, to regular fans. There's no Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you have to rely on Gareth Edwards' ability to convey characters, and he's not the best at that. But what he is very, very good at is, once again, coming up with these epic shots. And so on that level, it doesn't disappoint at all. What say you? We're going to start from the bottom. We're going to work our way up. (laughs) (laughs) The title crawl. How did you... Oh, the title crawl absence was... Heartbreaking? Oh, I I, I can't even formulate the words. What's really throwing me off from the beginning is no Fox fanfare. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. Same same with the first one, though. I I know, and that took my breath away. I kept thinking, this isn't real, this isn't happening, and it's stupid. It's it's an OCD thing, I guess. No, no, you're absolutely right. Nostalgia. What about this, as far as nostalgia? What if they were to do the Disney intro the duh, I don't know duh, if I uh, I don't know if I could sit through it if that happened. <laughs> I'd I would wait for them to come out of the house and then just skip through because see time. I'm of the opinion that since Disney has conquered the movie universe, they should play it before Marvel and they should play it before Star Wars just to say we own <laughs> we own this shit. Like it. Yeah. We're Disney motherfuckers. We're gonna that's stand gonna have to be over you and pee in your Which is actually, you know, on on their it's part of their mantra. Yeah, exactly. Or it should be. <laughs> So, okay, so you weren't big on the lack of the title credits. The title crawl really threw me off. What about you, Jason? So, I think, okay, so this is the first installment of the Star Wars stories. Yes. Right? right. The alternate, yeah. I think, for, for me, I think it's okay. I mean, there is something about seeing the crawl where it just gets you excited and hearing the, you know, the fanfare and all that. Like, that's that's very much Star Wars. But 
I think not having it is maybe a good choice because it takes you away from it being part of kind of the the saga, uh, the trilogy stories. Right. And, you know, it also may just add confusion to people who aren't familiar with it. So just having having just a title like Rogue One, which let me talk about that was awful. The the title no the it title like, design it, it looks like they forgot to oh my they forgot to do the title and then a, a friend of mine he was like yeah somebody just went to like defont.com and searched Star Wars yep. and it was like Rogue One throw it up okay outline it. stroke and let's <laughs> yeah put some Z uh, keyframes on it but yeah that that really bothered me but it, but also the music I I mean I know yeah. you can't do the because you don't have the crawl but like the music felt like sort of just a wet fart of like. Burr, burr, burr. Yep. Actually, Moving throughout, on. throughout the entire movie, I was I felt the mu- music was lackluster. It's Michael Giacchino, I believe is how you pronounce his yeah. name. Chimino, I think, isn't it? Anyway, oh, wait, no, no, Michael Chimino is the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way off. You guys know too much. But, um, but anyway, so no, I thought the music throughout was a bit lackluster, almost like he didn't want to compete with John Williams, so he wasn't mm. even trying. Yeah, which might... Might have been a good Yeah, those good are play. big shoes to fill. Well, and, and also... Sat in a room with a keyboard and... And you guys are going to say, okay, here goes Hunter again. But um, like in Godzilla, another Gareth Edwards uh-huh. picture, the music never really took off and it had and it should have. And so that's how I felt about this. Well, it's, and the, the music in this wasn't really a driving force. I right. mean, in the other movies, it built suspense. It, I mean, yeah. you can't, the suspense is pre-built. I mean, you know that stuff's about to happen and it's going to get bad and people are going to die, but... You know, in Star Wars, you had no idea, so that heightened. Yeah. And it's you know, movie telling is different. In the day, they probably needed that extra element, and people didn't have to have everything. This is going to happen, right? Mickey Mousing, right? Yeah, you pointed that music is what kind of pointed you. Oh hell, something's getting ready to happen. Okay, and now you don't have that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the dissenter here. Nah, okay, you're um, gonna be the dark. Jason hater. Jason already knows this, and I don't. I don't hate this movie, but I'm going to be the naysayer of, of this. Um, the music for me, like I felt there were a lot of places where we're just getting the exposition of like, here's what we're doing. Here's who we are. Here's where we're going. And there was just sort of, I, I, I could feel it pushing us along through, you know, it's, it's kind of like watching like Game of Thrones and you get this exposition where it's like the music's almost trying to distract you from like giving you your vegetables yeah. for the story. Um, that's, that's where I, I really, you felt about this in Rogue One felt it. Yeah. Is, um, I, I don't know, like the, my, my general reaction is I, I'm kind of on the level of Jason in, and probably a little more negative, but like, I, I don't know how I love this as the beginning of the Star Wars sagas, because I was hoping the intent of this was kind of expand the universe and it still feels like we're working very much in the same, I mean, within the same storyline, with, within the same story. Line. And, and I think it's, I, I think what it is, it's the, it's the fandering moments that, that kind of pull me out because I think had, had it been a story that was more like, okay, well we come to a conclusion that you understand at the end, but everything else is like, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know this about the history of, but it, I felt I kind of got it. Like where it was going throughout, like the the opening that opening cold open scene was incredible, um, right? The you get because you get a glimpse when and I I'm not even going to try on on names Ben Mendelsohn Maz, uh, and uh, Maz Mickelson when they are uh, kind of having that confrontation. There was something that I really enjoyed about you're you're almost getting like bureaucratic empire. 
you know, a, a glimpse into it's humanizing the empire a little bit, even, even if they're, they're still the black evil sort right. of group. Um, and I, I found that really interesting. I found what they did with making the rebels, you know, when you you're first introduced to, is it Caspian Diego Luna's character? Cassian. Cassian. Yep. Yep. Um, it was Chimino. <laughs> exactly. Um, when you, when you're first introduced to him and he's sort of a little gray, like I found, I found that interesting, but then I would have, I would have liked them to explore that a little more. Yeah. All, all right. I'll throw this out here. The reason that the reshoots happened supposedly was because they saw and they said this is not a Star Wars movie. It's lacking the Star Wars touch. I get the impression, Chris, that you would have liked it to have lacked more of the Star Wars touch. Um, I would have liked it to lack. I mean, it's and we we can when we get into spoilers, go into all the things that are just blatant, like, oh, look at this. But like the I, I mentioned, I, I really like that cold open. They'll like pan to the blue milk. That just does nothing. Yeah, the little it was. There's all kinds of little Easter there's eggs. there's there's a lot of yeah. blue milks in here. There's a lot that of blue I milks. that I don't need to enjoy. I want I want to discover more, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying about like with the saga movies. I want I want to see the expansion, and it feels like they're playing it pretty pretty, pretty safe. Close still. to the best. All right, well, they always well, have to pander to some group. Yeah. I mean, there's always one group that gets patted on the butt and. But with but with the originals, with the original three, was there much of the other than no, like there was returning there much, characters? Was there, there was much, much butt patting? No, no it just... was <laughs> no. I mean, no, you didn't need it. And and that and that's like the thing that I enjoy about Star Wars is the uh, the creativity, the the expanding mm-hmm. of everything seems big and brilliantly uh, fleshed out, and and that's. That's the I was talking to Jason about this last night. The thing that kind of really puts me off is I found most of the main characters interesting, but not developed. They were developed to the point that a background character like Bib Fortuna or Salacious Crumb is where it's like, oh, I want to know more. But they're the main characters. And so with them, like carrying the story for me, I didn't really like I thought and I thought all the acting like I thought Diego Luna was great. I thought Felicity uh, Jones was great. Um, ben Mendelsohn, incredible. Maz Mickelson was great, but given nearly nothing to do. And, and that's the like, he, was he did build a Death, Death Star. Star. I mean, right. Jinx! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but he didn't like, it's just like, oh, hey, here's the father. And then uh, we're going to do, we're, we're going to show him for a scene or two more. And then that's well, it. Let like, me throw this out to the Jedi Council. Did you all feel that this was enough of a Star Wars movie or, or was it, did it feel like Star Wars to you or did, or did you want it to be even less Star Warsy? So I would say to what you were uh, kind of speaking to, Chris, I think that with Rogue One, they expanded the universe quite a bit in terms of visually, like seeing new planets, new mm-hmm. characters, new, you know, stormtrooper designs. And that's, and that's to Edward's credit. Yeah. Like that's, that's what he's really good at. Sure. But I also think that, um, we saw enough of the character development that we needed to see because. fall in love with these characters like Han Solo, right. uh, Luke Scott, because they're going to die, right? So I, for, for me, I thought we saw enough of them and, and understood enough of their background where when they died, I felt sad. You cared for them. But it's like, man, 
it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not I had enough. Traumatizing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like last year, mm-hmm. Hunter, I mean, we I almost, mean, we had to stop the podcast. Yeah. I was pretty Hunter. upset. As far as expanding the universe, I thought it did a fine job. I was more offset by the, the 15 minutes of establishing shots of every different world we went to. It was like Suicide was, Squad. It was confusing as hell. Um, they did pack a lot. I they, mean, to a be lot. Fair. I mean, yeah. how many different locations were they at? Like there were six, four or five, or something. Yeah, six, was, yeah. And then the whole transferring of spy plans kind of got a little muddled to me. Yeah. I mean, who's who? What are you giving them? What is that all about? Was kind of odd. And the thing that really threw me off, just from a, was how what kind of realtor does the empire have? Because those locations. That they had oh, every yeah. base on was fantastic. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to now, a few friends of mine, and uh, we all realized that as soon as we, w- we watched it with our wives, as soon as we got to Scarif, all the wives leaned over to their respective husbands and said, I want to, I want to go to Scarif. Really <laughs> we got a vacation in Scarif. <laughs> Look at the water. is beautiful. Yeah. So I never understood who was who. You know, For the first 10 or 15 minutes, I wasn't completely sure what was going on. As far as who was passing off this, who was this guy? I didn't realize that guy was a he was a shuttle pilot. Well, that, when did they establish well, that? But there were, and and that's that's my problem with with he's he's a Riz Ahmed's character, I, who you're you're referring to. Like I feel like they something got lost there in in his because he goes from okay, this guy's a pilot. Okay, his brain is is mush. To oh yeah, he's basically fine. He's like maybe a little out, but like they don't that that felt like it felt like the the whole squid mind control thing was something yeah. they either needed to have that affect his character more or take it completely yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and that's that's the when when I'm talking about character that that's the sort of thing like uh, Donnie Yin's character um, and and his buddy. Like I had to watch a whole movie with them. Like they were interesting in just their you get you get who they are very quickly. But I, when, when everyone does die, I don't care that much because I didn't get enough to really sure. fall in love with them. They were and, an R2 and a C3PO that you have no depth with. Yeah, exactly. There's a story there. We'll never get it. Yeah. But. Well, we might. I mean, we've got is, infinite yeah, possibilities now. Yeah. Um, but that's, and so that's, that's sort of my, my, my big uh, issue, I guess. And then to, to the, you know, stealing the plans and, and all of that. I, I didn't know exactly. I, I, I think I only saw the first trailer. Maybe I saw the second one once. So, um, and I, I, with Star Wars movies, I try to not read too much in. I want to go in fresh. Um, and in the back of my mind, for some reason, I thought that was going to be more of like a, like a grifting sort of mm-hmm. like, like they're all going to get together. And because you see, you see them in costumes and stuff or in, in Imperial garb. And so I thought this was going to be sort of a, uh, like a uh, dirty Ocean's Eleven. Something. Well, yeah, it, yeah, no, exactly. Like uh, the the Red Letter Media guys actually mentioned Ocean's Eleven, and that's that's probably a, a good uh, a good example of yeah, they're going to they're going to assemble a team because there's a, a lot of them, and they're all going to have a skill, and they're all going to do something, and they're it's it you know they're going to play off that, and so maybe that's part of my disappointment as well. Is it was just like the execution of how they actually do it, just like like the the actual transmission of the plans felt like such a wet fart. Once again, of just like, oh, it's done. Okay, now we're all gonna die. Also, uh, the the third act, lots of sexual tension between Cassian and uh, Jin for no apparent reason. Like that wasn't there. 
the this, first This two-thirds. kind of felt like a movie that it's just, okay, we need to make this movie. You know, let's just make this movie and make it look really, really beautiful, but it didn't really have that extra, that X factor mm-hmm. to take it over the edge. But it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong here, but it seems like there's almost a dividing line among the Jedi Council, is we have the the Star Wars fans like myself, and I suspect Yon Solo as well, who are more nostalgia junkies. And so we we like the we like like the Han Solo's, the Skywalkers, the Darth Vaders, etc. And then you guys who like a galaxy far, far away and want to see more of the galaxy mm, far, yeah. far away, is that a a reasonable? Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to give us a really badass backstory for Han Solo, or if they'll do a Boba Fett thing, I'll lose my mind for that. <laughs> I mean, that's it's backstory. His really is the only one I care about. You oh, know, but happened. we've already seen it. Well, you've seen, kid. you've seen it as a little kid, but you haven't seen what happened in between. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he does some growing because in the cartoon, he's still with a band of, of, uh, of other, uh, bounty hunters. Bounty, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's got to end up going on his own, which they allude to at the end of the cartoon, but you never, so there's a story there. As far as that, move on and give us something else. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't want them rewriting something and then I hate it. I hate, you know, something that I've liked forever. They're going to make it stupid. Just don't touch it. Give me something though. But doesn't this kind of do that in shoehorning in where it does? Like, but this we is have such to explain you where the plans. Moment. I mean, they're going to get plans. We know they're going to get plans. Yeah. They get plans. Well, and I will applaud this movie because I was worried as far as spoilers are going that they were going to pull a J.J. Abrams and come up with something that's going to undermine the original trilogy. Yeah. Like we're gonna we're gonna it turns out that universe. But it turns out that Jin's a Skywalker. Just something that's gonna or Darth isn't actually. They're, they're what, what in what in the Force Awakens are you saying undermines? Well, that's just kind of a J.J. Abrams style. Okay, is okay. just to just to have some spoiler come in three quarters gotcha. of the way through. I that gotcha. just so not not what he did with the Force, Force Awakens, but just, but just his just style. a general thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and there were no lens flares. Thank <laughs> yeah. God. I think the thing you have to remember about this is that uh, obviously Disney bought Star Wars because one they want to make money. Right. So anything that's going to be made, I mean, that's why we're in the industry. We are like, it's, it's a business. So obviously we have the, the trilogy episode seven, eight, and nine that we were expecting. Those are two years in between one another. So this is really, this is one, I think it's a, it's a cash grab, but also it's just, it's smart marketing where you're keeping fans interested while we're waiting for the trilogy to be complete and you're filling in those gaps, but you're bringing in extra stuff. And I think Rogue One was, I think it was actually a great film to kick it off because people already understood who it was versus like the Han Solo film, which is just, it's just going to be new. I'm honestly not really too excited about that. It'll be interesting, but I'm excited for all parties involved. That's, that's my, like, I know you're, you don't want to see young Han Solo, but well, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, Lord Miller, like, those, I, that's what gets me intrigued about that one more yeah. than anything. Because your, boy, your boy, Donnie Glover. To be, oh yeah, and, and Donald Glover is, is Lando. Like, I think that has potential to expand the universe in a different direction in that, like, it's got to be funny, right? It's got to be pretty funny and pretty weird. It'll be different. Um, I think it's going to feel more different uh, from in the Star Wars saga or yeah. the story. as Ro- Like, Rogue One, I think, felt it, like it fit in. But with these new, like the Han Solo film, I think it's going to have to be like what you say. It's going to have to be kind of quirky and it's going to feel weird, which I also think going back to the crawl is important, not having the crawl in there. So they do feel like the standalone films. And that's that's like, I hope, I hope it's not something that feels like, oh, we're giving you the missing piece that you didn't need about where, but it's just like, here's the adventures of Han Solo almost. But I like implied badass more than this is why he's a badass. I agree. And then in Force Awakens, they made him comic relief, which really pissed me off. 
I did. I did not like that at all. I was kind of all right with it because yeah. he was curmudgeon but he was like, but well, moof milker. I mean, yeah, that's a, just that lame. Was, he There's was just a buffoon. All right. Speaking of uh, speaking of curmudgeonly, and this will actually tie into Rogue One is. Given that they clearly have the technology to de-age people, why wouldn't you just have Harrison Ford in it again? Because that's been my issue: is that's recasting dangerous. the part. Recasting we should start. Wait, why, we should get why, into would, that. why would he be in it though? Where would, where would he fit in? Unless, I'm, no, unless I'm, he no, just I'm like, saying, actually I'm using Harrison Ford and morphing his. No, face. not in no, not in Rogue One. I mean, like if they're going to do a Han Solo Han movie, Solo why wouldn't oh, they just like oh, they shit. did with Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, but apparently that's super expensive. That's what they were saying about, you, about you, well, as is Harrison Ford, as is Harrison yeah. Ford. You're yeah. suggesting like maybe having Harrison Ford actually act in all the scenes and then use his his dialogue and then take him out and then do a, a all well, CGI. Whatever they did, it, whatever it worked, they did, it worked yeah. great with Grand Moff Tarkin. Well, what did they do? Was with, that CG or did they just de-age the oh, actor? The whole I think. Well, they had the, the Downey Jr. No, I'm t- in Rogue One with uh, Grand Moff uh, with Grand Moff and Leia. Moff was obviously completely done because he's been dead for a long, long time. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that or not. But they had but... another actor, yeah. Well, yeah. they yeah, they could. <laughs> they got that Disney money. They yeah, pulled, they we're bringing him back. Peter Cushing. <laughs> they they pulled his head out of the head. ice next to Walt and like, hey, we need you. So he the was... the voice I know the voice actor who is who's done some stuff for I think it was in Clone Wars Rebels. No, he was in Clone Wars. In Clone Wars, yeah. So I believe they use the same voice actor. For Tarkin, yeah, because he was pretty close. He was, I, he's spot on. The the voice was um, good. The it was he was more. There was a little bit of like drift in his it was, speech. It was video gaming that like yeah his it, it almost it almost there were there were some like tweener frames that didn't quite get synced up right that that were taking me out with Leia. It was like her. She looked like E. T. Like her eyes were too high and too big, and like it was. And that scene was totally unnecessary. Well, actually, that got the biggest applause in my audience. Of course, though, it did. The, yeah, I kind of cried scene. a little bit whenever yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! You're just a little bit. You're the guy you're who's the saying saying just the one. This is the one time, the one Star Wars tear they'll get from the new. Whenever they popped up, and I thought they tied it all together. That was the one point, and then I kind of like, wait. Well, okay, okay. Can we can we talk about that like last five minutes for a second? I. How did you guys feel about Vader coming in with? Solo with loved his lightsaber, it, loved just, it. Yeah, gosh, taking everyone out. It was amazing. Um, I, I, I'm gonna be the hater. Oh, no, come on. I think, I think it goes against canon, and it goes against what we know of the character. Why? Because, like, what is it? Half an hour later, he's going to enter a, a very similar situation, and he's going to be very calm and collected, and let the troopers come in and and take over. And then he's going to enter, and and it just like we've never, we've never seen uh, other than like the younglings, and you know young Anakin Skywalker. We've never seen this Darth Vader. Yeah, we have. Cause as, lash a, as, out as, in a, that. as a Jedi, he was always impetuous. He did things he wasn't supposed to do. He did things that put him in danger. He always did that. That's what got him but, in the situation but if, he's but, in. But that's so all of course prequels. he would have, but that's of course all... he would have gone in being the badass that he is with his lightsaber. Why, blazing. Doesn't, he, why doesn't he do it in a new hope? Then? He, he's had well, time, he's had time to we adjust. Didn't, we hadn't rewritten that story yet. <laughs> so we and didn't know. And, that, and that's exactly my point is like, they spend so much time trying to make, I mean, they're bringing in pilots from A New Hope mm-hmm. to be in the battle in the, in this film. They're spending so much time to say, "Oh, look at look at how close to canon we are." That this feels very weird because it's much more connected to uh, four, five, and six than it is to one, two, and three. And so, like, I get it's a super badass Darth Vader scene. I get that, but it's like if you're if you're going to give me all of this, just spoon feed me fan service stuff but they had also spent like, how much time building this super duper weapon that's going to be the ruination of the entire galaxy and some jackass has gone and let somebody get plans 
He's probably rolling in there thinking that the so so he just flow, let his, so the, he just once once they get son away. Son of a bitch! You stole my plans. Oh, I'm going by myself. And that's what he did. I mean, he went in hot because he was mad because they stole their but, super but then, weapon. Plans. But then they get away, and he's like more calm. He, he's had, and he's like had a chance to process. It makes perfect. He's had a chance to process. He probably talked to the emperor. The emperor said, "Dude, chill. It's gonna, Siths we'll are get, emotional people." Yeah, he just he dropping had, the mic, but he it's had, understand. He had like thirty minutes to process what happened, and he's good now. He had a back to tank <laughs> bath, and everything was cool. But I think that's what's uh, okay. So yes, obviously, as fans, we've always wanted to see Vader. In some respect, Lose like his and shit. That's, it's, yeah, it's, and that's I think that's the extent. I don't think he goes any further than that as far as just like losing control because, um, you know, we don't see that in the the original trilogy, right? But what so what makes him so menacing is that he doesn't. So seeing that little glimpse of like, oh my gosh, he just force force choked somebody, lift him up in the, into the ceiling while he's like doing all this other stuff. It's really what we've been wanting to see without going too far. That's it's 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 really really pretty fanfic. That's, I would also. That's, that's what I kind of felt <laughs> with, with the ultimate. The ultimate yeah. put down. I would disagree, though, that he lost control. He was in complete control. He was in complete control. He, he was in the middle Absolutely. of a war. It was a war zone, and he and he knows how to take okay. people out. What, what about what about when him and the director Ben Mendelsohn have their little their little spat, and and he gives a totally like CSI Miami, be be careful not to choke on your ambitions, director. Like. I agree. What I, is that? That that what? took me out of the scene. I thought that was silly. He didn't have to say a word, and it would have been more powerful. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's he's he's sort of like your your like high school football coach or your dad, where it's like I'm I'm not angry. I'm upset, or I'm I'm not. You know, I'm. It's the like everything comes from him like holding it in and restraint. Well, to and, me, and I you get none of that here. I honestly, I mean, now we're kind of parsing, but I think he was trying to lay blame on him and i couldn't quite tell if he was implying that he gave away the plans or if he knew the plans were being given away but it was a this is your ship fix it or i'll fix it all right a situation sociology of cinema goers question what was your audience's respective audience's reactions to darth vader pretty quiet well i because yeah. i was expecting applause and no. it was yeah, i was more respectful restrained silence it moves so I quickly i mean that whole last 10 minutes of the film moves so so quickly that after you saw you know the scarif kind of explode you're like oh my gosh and then all of a sudden you start moving into you know vader and it's like you don't really have much time to you're still processing everything even till you know they they roll the credits the as far as vader goes i was more excited to see him in the tank Oh yeah. Whenever at the at you know the whole uh, yeah yeah back to tank the uh, you know, he had his little just the guy in the robe come up to tell him there's somebody here to see. I was more and excited it, to see that than I was. And and that was it was it's a Gareth Edwards moment where where it's impeccably shot. It looks cool yeah. as hell. It like and and it kind of it's something that we've seen bits similar right. before. And it like I think that works for the character yeah. pretty pretty well. I like that better than. Because I know, I know that at some point he's going to lose it and kill a bunch of people because he's done it before. He can do it again. The humanity side of him still trying to bring himself back and get out of that suit. Yeah, yeah. Let you know that there he's still trying. That's what it's and all also, about. And also showing that he is not 100%. Like, he's got right. problems, Like which explains why in A New Hope, you know, the swordsmanship was yeah. kind of weak. I would say <laughs> uh, one thing about these films is like, you know, there's debate on the CGI Tarkin, CGI Leia, uh, Vader, you know, all, like 
Should they have done that? Should they have gone that far? It doesn't you, matter. They're going to go back and fix it in 10 years anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was disturbed at the fact that it was directed by John Knoll or part uh, yeah. co-directed by John Knoll. Uh, well, he, he came up, he, he was the, came up with the original story is my understanding. Oh my God. The breaks of my brain just went, Oh my God, where are we going with this? But what, what I was going to say is that, uh, the thing is, it's like, if we didn't see Tarkin or we didn't see Leia, we didn't see Vader do what he did. Regardless, I think you guys would be saying, why didn't we see more? Vader's in. I, I like, yeah, there's no way to make us happen. Like, see, no, I definitely would have been saying. Why, that. why do we? Okay, why do you, I'm just going to throw on the hate train. Um, why do we have a a fish guy who's not Akbar as a stand-in for Akbar? Because obviously Akbar doesn't come in until Jedi. But they're like, oh, but he's got to have a fish guy. Because then there's guys a whole like planet. you'd be like, why? Why are we seeing so much of Akbar? There's a whole planet of those guys. <laughs> well, he he no, dies but, too. I, I assume that they they die and they get taken over because uh, the Imperials take over that ship. But and, okay, okay, he gets, know. but but then like the guys that we all of all the yellow, yellow leader, gold leader, and all of them they get away because they're like that's, they have to because they're in another <laughs> they have to because they're in another that's well, the I mean, thing like just let it be independent let it be its own thing that's what I would have been totally fine with that so I you mean, would like a squid general instead or <laughs> would you have preferred that instead more, of a fish uh, more a like squid. a puffer fish really is is what I was hoping for yeah. or or there for all the diversity we have here not a single Wookie where are the Wookies in this. Well, there wasn't a very, uh, the whole speech he was giving at the end where they were getting on the the shuttle to go off to the play. There was only one alien in that. What are we trying to say? (laughs) Aliens aren't fighting for us? Come on, people. Um, What what did you guys think about the use of Saw Gerrera in this? Like, I I don't know what the reason is for even... Connecting with him, I mean, he's he's got a backstory. He's in Clone Wars, right? And, uh, and I get that. So it's interesting again, you know, tying that in as a thread. Um, what was he in Clone Wars? He was a just a freedom fighter, basically. Okay, I'm drawing a blank on him. Like a couple episodes. There's so many people in there, though. That yeah, um, I, I, I just I would have like I would like to see more of him. I would like to see Watch Rebels a little. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> but in but in this, I would have liked to see more of like a connection between him and Jin, maybe, and more like uh, when because when he meets his demise, it just felt like another like okay. We're, see, see, Chris, they're getting, trying to get you to buy the um, comics and video games and shit. <laughs> maybe if you want to see maybe more of this stuff. Well, and then and then he's got that mask, and all I could every time he took a breath, all I could think is like he takes it off, and I just expect baby wants to fuck <laughs> uh, uh, Frank Booth from from Blue Velvet. Right, like it's right. just like that wheezy weird. That's clearly what they were going <laughs> yeah, for. Clearly, they were for all yeah. the Blue Velvet fans out in the <laughs> well, audience. That's, that's that all was I, that. every Another time. Every time. Every time he takes a puff, <laughs> that's all I can think. Um, I do agree that uh, they should have expanded that character, but the idea of a rebel who is just going too far for even the rebels that that's a really cool idea i i I agree and that's like i and maybe i should i i've been hating on this a lot i i do not dislike this movie in like a like certainly not as much as like i i threw utter vitriol at suicide squad earlier this year Mm -hmm. it's not that sort of situation it's more like i my reaction to this movie is sort of like my reaction to hateful eight last year where like i see people who really like dug into it and enjoyed it. And even people who are like, like Jason, uh, you were telling me you like this more than the force awakens. This was really, uh, is that, is that, oh, does it still hold up? I think so. Okay. Um, you know, kind of what new you hope saying. empire strikes back rogue one. Rogue, yeah. I don't, this I, one, I don't like new hope. I, I like, I like Jedi. You can, this guy, you this can shut guy your right mouth and get out of here right now. Cause that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, this one, it was just, it was a great 
part of the story. And it was great that it was separate from the trilogies and they were able to tell it as a war story. There was no cheese. They, and, no. and I like, I like that as well. Tight, I yeah. like, I like the diving into a genre. That's why I was kind yeah. of hoping for like a grifter or like a, like sure. a uh, subterfuge sort of subplot thing. There were no poodoo um, jokes. There was right. no, it <laughs> yeah, wasn't, yeah. it was made for people to get into it, but he didn't, it wasn't meant for little kids. Yeah, Seems well, like and, every and, movie's and been I, for a, a child. I appreciate that they die. I appreciate that Kathleen Kennedy had the balls to say, "Yeah, they." <laughs> Jason's giving <laughs> giving me a look right now to to say, Continue. "Yeah, no that 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 is the right choice. That makes sense that mm-hmm. that they would die because a let's keep it conical and why would we why would they die or why would they stay alive and we don't see them later? Right. But also like it it does like it has the potential for a depth that I, I just didn't quite get on with. And that, that's, that was my connection to uh, hateful eight is there were so many people that loved hateful eight and, and really dove into a lot of it. And I just, it, it never got there for me. You're not angry. You're just disappointed. I, that's, that's exactly what it is. Like it's a, uh, the force awakens while it is a very imperfect movie. I still, there's several moments throughout that movie that like, I will rewatch it because I'm like, oh, that that felt great. I really enjoyed that. That character. I want to spend more time with Finn or or what have you. Um, I don't have any of that. Okay, here, interesting really. here. So you wanted the, okay. So on the one hand, you want the universe expanded, but it sounds like you needed a little nostalgia jolt. No, you, I'm you not talking it? about nostalgia. I'm just talking just, about just like I, I'm just goods, talking about feel goods. No, it's not. It's not the feel goods. It's the it's the like I don't know where this is going, sort of thing. Where it's like it's it's like. Hanging on the asteroid mm-hmm. in Empire. That's not a like by the numbers sort of story element. Right. That's that's what I'm talking you about. Been, there's, you there's want to be surprised. There's, there's, yeah. You, you want exactly. to be surprised. All right. Um, I'm going to provide specific examples just for context, but we don't have to actually talk about the examples itself. But I'm I'm curious about this from especially our longer term Star Wars fans. How do you feel whenever people take these stories that have been like 40 years in the making and then try and say, well, it's they're clearly referencing current political situations? Uh, I think it makes it easier for people to associate and make it feel more grounded to uh, kind of the real world. But they've been doing that since yeah, Star Wars. It, I mean, it, it was it's always been an anti-fascist. It was, yeah. it was heaven and hell. And well, originally uh, yeah. it was heaven and hell, and now it's now it's political and it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is. And well, but, and and they're they are. Black and white in, you know, in the originals, I, I actually appreciate that you get a little bit of gray area depth in, in this, that, that actually, and and so to, to say that it's some, um, some metaphor for current, like you can read into that if you want, but I, I honestly don't, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with sudden, I I don't think there's much really one-to-one. Well, yeah, I think that's just, it's just clickbait, really, honestly. That's what (laughs) Well, and Cassian says at that one point, I've done things for this war that I'm not proud of, but I've done them. But I mean, that that makes us, I think that, and also seeing him, you know, shoot the informant, I think that gives this story more weight. And I think when he says that line, you had to see him. It had to be done. Yeah. And it just, it makes it more story, the story more interesting. And I, exactly, I was talking to my wife about, you know, the, the film after we watched it. And the gray area, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes this movie so compelling and so much more interesting. And there's more, much more depth with it because of that gray area. Because, because they're running a terrorist campaign. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and life is not black and white. 
It's well, gray. And and it's and it's full of these contradictions and these like exactly. sort of moral struggles internal and that's like that that's the like I would have I would have liked even more of that, I guess, is my like we got we got we got a taste. I would have I would like to go whole hog yeah. in into like I, I want to see the very like intimate like David Gordon Green Star Wars saga movie or something like that. Like sounds that, like you want to see the uh, David Lynch because uh, you keep on. <laughs> well, he was supposed to. Could you imagine David Lynch's take on Ewoks? Yeah, that would have been yeah because he was approached to to do right. Return of the Return, Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. um, all right, so the main protagonists in these stories so far have been Skywalkers or Obi-Wan Kenobi, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first time that it's none of the above. It was Jin. How was Jin as our central protagonist? Milk toast. Yeah, she was fine. I thought she was great. I mean, obviously you're going to think I'm going to say everything's great because I was <laughs> you know, a Star Wars fan. Uh, but I thought she did a, I thought she did a great job. I liked the delivery. I think she was, she was compelling. She was believable. She was. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, everything just seemed fairly genuine as she was giving the delivery um, of her lines or like the emotion. Um, so, yeah. Do you do you think that giving her a very direct backstory story helps her or hinders her? And like, I, I feel like a little bit more mystery could have actually maybe made her more. <laughs> if they didn't get backstory, you'd be talking more about that, <laughs> about needing it. I thought well, it was. No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, his motivation, though. I mean, as like. There's a because it's it, it's sort of like like to compare her to Ray, which maybe we shouldn't do, but I'm doing it. No, I don't think sure. I don't um, think you have a choice. Yeah. Honestly, um, uh, I I I found Ray more interesting in there is mystery to her, but you get the drive. You understand well, the they drive. need they couldn't have um, too much mystery because well with Ray's story it's going to play out in three films with this one yeah. it was pretty specific. It, yeah. it, it, it had to kind of keep it short and sweet. And yeah. I thought they they actually spent a lot of time developing her where they could have just you know, started and she's having a couple flashbacks and then yeah, the flashbacks. I'm I th- not, yeah. I think I'm the, I, I think on, the but. issue might've been is that they came up with this character and then they, and so they said, okay, we've got this orphan girl who's had to fend for herself and is really good with weapons. And sounds like know, every other Disney movie. Well, and then, right. then, and then they <laughs> stepped back and said, Oh, wait a minute, this is Ray, but they had already kept going. And so at that point they just said, well, we'll just, we can't really change things up so we're just going to stick with this so to your point i agree that it's kind of insert central protagonist here same with uh uh chimino or caspian or (laughs) (laughs) is he is he just seem like a a, almost a less intriguing han solo stand-in a little bit well and even like that jacket that he wears kind of reminds you of his hoth jacket yeah Yeah, exactly what are those metal things in the jacket i want (laughs) i want some of those so bad yeah yeah, those intergalactic Writing instruments because I don't really want one. Cool. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they're detonators. I don't I know. <laughs> but no, it's. I thought she was fine. I mean, she's just damaged enough to still be good, but to make dicey decisions, right. which she makes. Um, as far as her character went, she was believable to me. She wasn't one to sit back and let things happen. She was very action oriented. Um, she didn't get slowed down with the fact that dude was trying to assassinate her father. I mean, it, it became an issue for a second, but she moved on. I I thought she was Ray times ten. I mean, she, she, she's oh. kind of a she's kind of a Han Solo ish, yeah. Like in, in as far as motivation goes, um, which is which is nice. What what about? Did you have? Well, I was just going to say about in regards to Jin, and this was a complaint about Ray is. Um, some people complain that Ray was just trying to amalgamate all the characters you already like. It's a little, she's a little Leia. She's a little Han. Mm-hmm. She's a little Luke. Mm-hmm. And then to Ooh, your what point, does that tell you? 
parentage. Oh, oh! <laughs> an incest. Oh, but um, I'd say that. But that's but that's new. That's nothing new to Star Wars, right? Um, it is a Greek tragedy. So so Jin to that point is maybe it was just okay. We'll make a female Han Solo-y kind of character, yeah, but make her right. not as personable. What I like the difference from uh, Jin and Ray, and again, I was talking to my wife Emily. Uh, she had a good point, especially from her perspective. It's like she loved Jen because she was a badass. She loved Ray for the same reason. But what she liked more, preferred about Jen was the fact that she had a, a past that was pretty rough growing up and, you know, being abandoned uh, and all these other things that happened to her. Freedom fighters. She was the, of the character where she was like, okay, this happened, but I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. Ray, on the other hand... A lot of stuff had happened to her. She's more emo. She's so, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so... Introverted. Uh, yeah, and, and is very hopeful for, well, my family's going to come back for me. But it's yeah, always yeah. clinging to the past. And so with, with Jen, she was she was moving forward. That actually, that does bring up a good, like, I, I liked that she also has flashes of uh, a new hope Leia, which I think yeah. is the best Leia. Absolutely. Like, she kind of gets watered down as as it but like when she's going toe-to-toe with vader in that that opening scene Mm -hmm. like she's a badass and she's got you know she's got agency out the ass and it's it's great there's there is a lot of that engine in her just willingness to you know not take shit from anyone and and stick up first ultimately i think that makes her a better character i more likable at least it's and and that's the that's the like i i i don't i don't hate her i just I, I just didn't get on. I just didn't get on the train. Sure. So our main protagonist was Jin, and we're kind of uh, iffy on her, kind of going back and forth here. How do we feel about director Krennic? Because I would say that he worked very well. I would. I would have watched an entire movie that was his like inner turmoil and his like struggle in the bureaucracy of the Empire. Yeah. Was he supposed to be Thrawn? No, not at all. I don't think so. Even well, though- Thrawn. He's introducing rebels. There's, well, they were definitely wrong. Was from the books that Timothy Zahn, or sure Timothy Zahn, that they weren't that were not canon that were supposed to have gone. Chris and I are just the uh, right. yeah yeah. We're, we're we going are deep. we are we're going we are out of I mean, our element yeah, here. Thrawn would have been awesome. It's true if they'd have brought him in, but I think they keep him separate. But um, I th- I thought he did. I mean Ben Mendelsohn did a great job yeah. with that character. Um, He's and like I, a sociopath. Yeah, but it was so it was so great. I think this was really a nice way to kind of transition. You're introducing a character, but you got to figure out a way to kill him off because mm-hmm. he's not in uh, New Hope. And so I loved how they developed Tarkin. You see more of his story in that, like everybody in the Empire, they're just trying to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And they'll do whatever they need to do. They really don't care. They'll destroy a whole planet with, you know, military installation. Like, they don't really care. And yeah. so to, to see uh, Krennic do his work, create the Death Star, pretty much like that's... He did it himself. Like he was under, uh, to see Krennic do the Death Star, build that himself was pretty epic. Well, what I like about it is he's not all powerful. I think in the Star Wars universe, we're used to omnipotent villains. And this is a guy who he's got at least two guys above him, two guys immediately above him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I love, I love that, like glimpse into the bureaucracy of the empire where it's like there there are levels and there is like this sort of it's like he's he has, there are tps reports in space yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and so to your point jason is it's it's i like the almost house of cards element to it of, exactly of tarkin and uh director krennic you know competing for who's in charge but then also you still have the emperor invader who mm-hmm are all powerful over everything so there's a contrast between the different stylings of evil in this series and in this film 
Guys, can we talk about my favorite character in this movie? Wait, let's guess who your favorite character is first. Uh, guess is it a original character? Ponda Baba. Nibdub. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's going to be really yeah. obvious. That, that was here. that, that was that up. Like, little thorn. That that's the probably my least favorite. Like, yeah. oh, um, the robot, the droid. Yeah, K two S O. Like the 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 charisma that he has. The like he was like and and. I, just, I think Matt Singer in his review of this said, like, of course, of course, the fake robot is the thing that has the most, like, uh, humanity to him because it's a Gareth Edwards movie. But it's kind of true. And and a lot of that goes to uh, Alan Tunick. Tudyk. Yeah. Tudyk. Um, and, and he did a great job. But I, I love the way that he he doesn't just feel like every other droid you've seen. He has a completely different. Um, He's the sassy black friend that Star Wars is very black. <laughs> well, no, literally. Sa- yeah. well ex- sassy British butler, well, I would say, yeah. actually, yeah. But he tells it like it is. His, his timing is incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I understand he's mostly there for comic relief, but there is also something to, like, his sentience that is beyond what we've ever seen in a, in a droid that I, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of... Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Trust goes both ways. You're letting her keep it. Would you like to know the probability of her using it against you? It's high. Let's get going. It's very high. He was a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas even R2 and BB-8, they're lovable, yeah. but they're almost like pets. Yeah. Because you can't understand them. There's, there's a little bit of sassiness. There's a, a little, little bit, a little yeah. bit like, like R2 is al- always talking back to C-3PO. But you don't understand them. Yeah. This guy's talking English and he, yeah. you're getting all of his inner monologue coming out exactly and yeah he was he was awesome well and it's he's not a protocol droid he's not he's not just straight like this equals this it's he he kind of flows between and he has he has personality he has like like i i thoroughly enjoyed yeah and all the jokes all the jokes and the the comedic bits that came through him were perfect being you know the the analytical droid that he is giving it dry uh but also having kind of that that uh character the uh humanistic character yeah, yeah. and then his delivery. And- yeah. And uh, Chris kind of already touched on this, but we had the droid and then it seemed like a bunch of humans. I was disappointed that there weren't more aliens among the group. There wasn't, you know, something with four eyes or a squid monster thing. It's I, There, I there really should have been, been hammerheads driving the hammerhead ship. Some, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. E- easy, easy pickings there and they didn't do it. But I was disappointed in that because – that that would be an easy opportunity to expand the universe yeah. without getting yeah. beyond. The we added enemy. women pilots, though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Who apparently all died because yeah, they're they not don't in make New it. Hope. <laughs> they, can't, <laughs> they can't pilot the X wings. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> well, they had. They, they can't had, park them. They can't drive them. They can't park them. I thought. I mean, it was nice. Uh, I, in terms of you know seeing aliens, what I think I thought it was a good a good balance. Because really what we needed to focus on was the humanistic mm-hmm. side of this story because it needed to feel like a war story, not just a sci-fi, like all these, you know, aliens. You, there's so much mystery in that. Whereas when you see, you know, you, there was only one 
alien pow, I think was a part of the rogue one squadron. Uh, he was the only one, but you needed to see the human fight. You needed to see them going up against the odds because we, that's how we uh, are able to kind of better understand what was stacked against them. You know, I think you're implying that aliens can't feel. They, and I, can't. That's, that's hate speech. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm the minority in this room, so whatever I say is okay. <laughs> it is weird, though, that, I mean, referencing the cartoon again, but everybody fighting in the cartoon is an alien. Yeah. Everybody fighting in the movie is not. Yeah. Okay, we get it. Sutton's seen the cartoon. All right, jeez. <laughs> right, get your hand off my leg and carry on. <laughs> it's been there the entire time, the and, entire you're just, time. and you're just now saying now. something. Yeah. Um, all right, so this was brought up um, in a different article. Are we tired of Death Star-like weapons? Well, first Be- off, I was just say this. Obviously, yeah, I read a similar article. It's like, another Death Star? Well, this is the, this is the same one. Right, this is the right, first one. exactly. So it's not like we're adding another Death Star to it. It's part of the same story. But I would say just in general, I, I was disappointed that in Force Awakens that they were building the Starkiller. I think we talked, yeah, yeah. touched on that. But, um, you know, I don't think there's really much of an argument like another Death Star. It's the same thing. We're right. Obviously, that's that's, that's what this is about. <laughs> it's always some kind of major destructive yeah. weapon, though. I mean, in the books, it was like a, the Sun Crusher and the... It's always something like that. I mean, they're yeah. bad people. They're going to build bad weapons. <laughs> sure. Uh, wait, what what happens, Jason, when we get Rogue Two colon a Bothan story colon a Star Wars story <laughs> yeah. between Empire and Jedi? Yeah. Hyphen semicolon. Yeah. Because uh, because we've we've set up we can we could easily do two more. Get the plans. Find the get the research to to blow up the the mega yeah. mega weapon. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, it could. It'd, I don't think so. I mean, they've they've basically it's the same uh, similar story, but uh, I think it will be more compelling to see like the Han Solo film. And- I, I hope so. And then and then expand it to something weird. Like I I want I want these saga movies to feel like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, where it's like it feels like the original thing. It feels like the other things we've seen, but it it's doing its own it's balls to the wall. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be balls to the wall, but it's doing its own thing. It's, it's exploring on its own, on its own terms with its own characters. Even if you have one or two that cross over, like that's not the, that's not the driving. Star innovation. Wars is the Thanksgiving meal. You want to sit at the kid's table, but you want to eat the same food. <laughs> I want the same meal you're getting, just over here, away from you. So, Disney, that's what we want from your Star yeah. Wars. More cranberries. <laughs> More cranberries, damn it. Um, okay, so with these prequels, uh, or saga pictures, rather, is it going in the right direction by going back? That's where the holes are. I mean, where yeah. are you going to... So you think it, do you th- so it should be more about filling holes than expanding? Uh, at the point, going you're going to... I want some holes filled... And then I want alternate <laughs> and then I want I want alternate storylines of things that are happening in conjunction with what's going on here. Because there's Well yeah, and that's and that's I, I'm kind of on the same page. Like I want I want things that are, you know, adjacent to Exactly. Right. But but don't have to but don't have to involve a Skywalker. They don't have to be, you know, it's it's just sort of like the history from another vantage point or how boring or yeah. I don't I don't want a backstory of the Sith. I don't want a whole bunch of stuff. We've got Clone Wars. They mentioned Clone Wars. Clone Wars has been done. Yep. I, Do I'm, a couple more things. Give us a couple more backstories and then move on. I've got a question for you, Sutton. You mentioned 
uh, a Boba Fett mm-hmm. story. Yep. Where do you want to see Boba Fett? You want to see how he, because I was always intrigued by where he got the Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter now because we see that his father had Mandalorian armor right. and like that's, uh, so what, what do you, what do you want to see? I wouldn't mind within? seeing some slapstick adventures with some other bounty hunters. You know, how did he become the most badass bounty hunter in the mm-hmm. galaxy? We've got a couple other bounty hunters that could run with him. I'd like to kind of intermingle those two. Yeah. Make it really awesome and then walk away from it. Scum and villainy. I, Star I, yeah. Wars story. W- yeah. What if what if what if it's a what if it's a uh, Boba Fett trilogy which which ends with him in the Sarlacc pit telling the the pit stories? That'd and be getting, fine because like, I want to see him get out of that Sarlacc yeah, pit. Yeah. <laughs> and and just how like messed up he is. Yeah. Like well, it's it, always been implied that Han comes back and gets him. Yeah. Uh, because they've been friends. Show me. Yeah. That yeah. I want to see. Okay, so that's your story. Jason, what's your Star Wars story? Uh, man, that's a good question. You put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, you want a job of backstory so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, from when uh, he was a little slug. I think that'd be a great story too, though. Yeah. I, well, here's the thing. Going back to like a Boba Fett only story, I think that might be a little too much because I think what makes Boba Fett so cool and like my favorite character, your favorite character. Implied badass. Implied. Yeah, exactly. And also not knowing the entire backstory. But if it's an adventure sort of thing cool. where, where you don't have, you don't have to explain how he became exact, but you, but you get, you, you know, it's, it's not the definitive story. It's right. the, here's, here's adventures. Here's, it's like an Indiana Jones installment. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to watch for sure. I mean, that's how I feel about the Han Solo film. And I think you could probably wrap. You could oh, wrap those Boba two could in intersect. There. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's probably would. Where, where you could see it. Uh, but again, I don't think you need to show too much, but you know, I, I'll watch it no matter what. Yeah. It's, it sounds fun. Because uh, at a certain point, I, I don't want backstories on any more characters. I want new stories from new people and carry it on. All right, Chris. <sighs> it's a tough question. It is It is a tough question. Um, well, you have to think how many characters are interesting enough right. to, I mean, to want to go to, back. To be and, perfectly honest, I would, and, and this is against what I generally want, but I would I'd do a what's Donnie Yen and his buddy what are their Oh yeah. Uh, uh so uh Chirrut Mway or Mway okay. and Baze Malbus. Man, one week you've flick. already got those crazy names memorized. <laughs> no, he's, he had it he's already he's he been he's be. been way out yeah. on, on getting that getting that down. But uh, That would be a great film. That would be a great buddy like like a actually like I think you recommended when we did Force Awakens um uh, Hidden Fortress. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. sort of uh, An intergalactic this, this, uh, it, it's, lone wolf and cub. It's yeah. It's sort of a, it's sort of a buddy adventure. Like there's more humor to it. There's like and and they bicker back and forth. Like there yeah. there's potential there. That'd be a great one. Well, I have a a two for here. Oh one, wait, can I guess what yours is? Okay, go. I for don't it. know the guy's name, but the guy that takes care of the Rancor. Um, you want you want his <laughs> you want his story. I you know what. Ra- <laughs> I I bet he's gay. Does it? Does anyone else get that impression? I mean, no, I don't. I don't, I don't even know if it uh, for him it may may not even be that binary. Yeah, just asexual. It, might, it might not yeah. even be an issue. You trying um, to say he's a plushie? <laughs> <laughs> Teach their own. It's 2016. Okay. True, true. In a galaxy far away. Um, so one is Leia's teen years. I think there needs to be a high school comedy <laughs> about. <laughs> the Mean Girls, a Mean Girls. Princess Leia was a Mean Girl. <laughs> no, something like that, or maybe she was the nerdy kid and yeah, got bullied she... by other. Just we need to we need to find out what happened there. And then my serious answer though is, I'm fascinated by the idea of the Force, and so it's always been this nebulous thing. I would like them to go like Old Republic, 
Mm. I'd like okay. to see something about the old Republicans and know where all of this came yeah. from. The nobility. Yeah, thousands. There's a, that, there's a lot to, that you could do with that. And, yeah. And that would be cool because it'd be far enough away from what we've seen so far. That's like a TV show, though. I mean, that would be your yeah, that'd be Netflix. Abbey of, yeah. 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 And actually, that would probably be a better place for it. Is They've Netflix. got plenty of time to explore it, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they might just have to go there at some point. I mean, I think this is this, you know, six years when we started uh, Force Awakens. Like, we're going to have a lot of time there to develop more stories. And why wouldn't they keep it up? I mean, this is the, the money they're making on Star Wars and just owning that. IP is yeah, and, and until they get to a Batman and Robin, it's gonna it's gonna keep coasting. <laughs> yeah, well, and and thankfully, I think because there was a Batman and Robin, Disney is smart enough not let that happen. Right. Spoilers are done. Spoilers are done. Turns out Rosebud was only a sled. Kylo Ren's dad is totally dead. Noah Cross was Mulray's baby daddy, and also her regular dad. I don't know if you knew this, Chris Gallagher, but Michael Sutton is a bit of a beer aficionado himself. So I think you've mentioned this before. Uh, yeah, I've mentioned this a few times. How is this podcast relevant? Uh, you're, no, you're, you're, you're about to find out. Um, spoiler alert, Chris really, really, really likes to drink like nonstop. So he, <laughs> Hunter has labeled me an alcoholic for, <laughs> so for two many, years now. So many times. So next time you watch Rogue One, even though you'll probably do it like as soon as we quit this podcast, you're probably going to pop open a beer. So what is your choice for, um, Rogue One? Okay. I, I, I I'm not going to watch Rogue One again. I'm just going to say that. Like oh, there's, wow. there, that, that's okay. why like, there's nothing, there's nothing that I need to go back for. I've seen it three times. Like, it's, <laughs> so then I've already seen it three times. So then this beer, so then this beer is going it's to be chopper. one you're not going to drink again. Uh, actually that's probably, and, and it's like, it's not, it's not an offensive beer. It's not a, it's not a bad beer, but it's like, I had it. It wasn't what I, it wasn't, it didn't expand my horizons <laughs> anyway. And so I, I don't need more. Didn't of it. expand the universe. Yeah. Um, and so this is uh Cara de Luna black ale from crazy mountain brewing in Colorado. Um, it is a, it's a beer that on all, like on all fronts should really wow me. It, uh, it pours very dark. It has a, you know, it looks like it's going to be a rich kind of bodied, beer and it's it's fine it's got a little bit of malty sweetness it's got a little bit of a a little bit of hop back and so there's there's a little little dynamism to it but ultimately it's kind of it's kind of flat but it reminded me of like a bad milk stout if uh it it, it just sort of there's not a it's it's there but i don't know why i'm drinking it um so i i can i i can pull out i can pull out the elements of of this, I can say, oh, okay. Well, they've they've got. I think I think their uh, big claim on it is it's it's Belgian malt and it's or Belgian barley and German hops and American yeast and it all comes together in this great little this great little package. It's fine. Um, that that's how I feel about the, this movie. Is it's like it's it's uh it's good enough. I I'm glad I tried it. You know, to ex- try to expand right. my horizons, but I've been there. I've done that. I, I don't need it again. I would just like to point out that I love the visual of you saying, I don't know why I'm drinking this. Because I get, I, I see you sitting at a table with this beer and you're clearly unhappy. But yet you're <laughs> well, not, still drinking But I can't send it back. <laughs> it's not It's not unhappy. It's disappointment in that I could be drinking something else. Right. That's the, like, it, because it's not, I mean, it's, 
it's not like it's a high life or something where it's like, I know I shouldn't be drinking this, but I, I am. It's, it's more like there are, there are better options out there. Like I summer shandy. I like a summer. <laughs> shandy. Um, Big fan. I, I, I could have spent two hours watching something else Passengers. in this. No, not passengers <laughs> in, in this, you know, in this tight December season when there are so many movies out to see. And I, I ultimately, I saw the star Wars movie because I needed to see the star Wars movie. Right. And, um, it was fine. I, you know, They've narrowed it down to one war. <laughs> That's it's a rest development. Oh, okay. Go here's, watch a star war. Yeah. Here's, here's $5. Go see a star Wars. Go see the star Wars. All yeah. right. Not to put you on the spot. Grand Moff Sutton. Uh, do you have any beer commentary to make? No, because these two worlds do not collide. In my opinion. No, they must be kept uh, divorced. At what all would time. you, what would you be drinking? Yeah, no, your, that's the that, next viewing. That's what this is. Is it's a, it's a pairing to, to drink along with. Uh, see, you went all sommelier on all the, no, all no. the different flavors and the back ends and the malts and the, uh, the, I can taste the toffee and the, <laughs> it's once the temperature drops below 70, it's stout season. So it'd probably be something, uh, Russian and Imperial and thick, and I could throw a pencil in it and it wouldn't fall over. Have you, have you had the, uh, that tin fitty barrel aged? That is the best beer oh I've ever had. God, I just had, I just had it the other night and just like, it was, it's incredible. It's What's, like, what is this? Tin fitty barrel aged, it's uh, 10.5% alcohol. It's, good God. Yeah. It's stories well, it's, you could tell after it, drinking three or four of those. It's an Imperial stout, but then they, they age it in, in uh, bourbon barrels and it just like, it goes from being sort of rich and chocolatey to like this whole Boozy other. Yeah. Wonderful. So good. I've seen Alliance <laughs> built on hope right before my eyes. <laughs> Well, on that note, Rogue One colon A Star Wars Story is currently playing in movie theaters across the galaxy. So if you've seen it, please tell us your thoughts at hello at warstartsatmidnight.com. Or if email isn't your thing, we'd still love to hear from you. Ring that bright red telephone and leave us a voicemail at 484-424-6362. That's 484-4CINEMA. Stick around. We've got really rad recommendations, plus the Fantasy Movie League recap coming up next. Why don't you make it start? And now time for this week's FML Recap. I'm Jacob Graves, sending this message via hologram. Or at least whatever the voice version of a hologram is. Uh, Jake, I think that's just called an MP3. Uh, well, I mean, either way, I have one message. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Oh yeah, we uh, missed you during the Rogue One review, Jake. Uh, where were you? Uh, yeah, about that. You told me I had to see that big space movie that was coming out, and I went and saw Passengers. Oh. Uh, I was, I was 50 minutes into it before I realized that Boba Fett wasn't showing up. Yeah, no, Drew was supposed to see Passengers, Jake. Uh. Not you. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a Star Wars story. It was in space. <laughs> you, you, uh. you, you thought you were seeing a Star Wars? I thought I was seeing a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Chris, uh, you know, for week four of the Fantasy Movie League, the big blockbuster release was going to be... Uh, Passengers? No. Nope. Assassin's Creed? Mm-mm, not that one. La La Land as a Dark Horse? No, not saying either. Why him? 
which I think the question the question mark is more like that one that that movie her her <laughs> her uh, yeah, uh, Friday was Christmas Eve, and I was, you know, busy making desserts for one of my many Christmas parties I was going to, and so when the clock striked, it's 10.55 a.m., as my clocks are wont to do, I don't know about yours, mm-hmm. Only I on freaked Fridays. out, hopped on my computer, and immediately did three days of research in like three minutes, <laughs> and all of it said, oh my god, Thursday numbers for YM were outstanding, and I was like, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so apparently it was going to easily march its way to the perfect Cineplex. And? Uh, well, it didn't. But that being said, I loaded up on it with as many screens as I thought I could safely fit. Because, again, I was making this decision in five minutes based on some brand new information that had just come out. So I landed on five screens of YHIM, and I also said Mele Kalikimaka to Moana. <laughs> uh, I hope that's set in Hawaii, or that might be really offensive. And I also added La La Land on there since I hoped it would get my $20 uh, this weekend. It, it did not. So, uh, but as for the anchor, I went with one screen of Sing, uh, which I'm guessing is a remake of 2016's Trolls. Yep. Looks like it. I, I saw the trailers and I'm not sure it was a different movie. But, you know, you got to have something to anchor it. These kids' movies always get the best of me, so I went with this one. And uh, how did that fare you, Jake? Eh, well, I set my lineup, and the screen's locked literally 20 seconds later. Uh, I flipped over to the the standings in our league where you can see with the lineups everybody mm-hmm. set. And I saw I could have actually had another screen of Why Him oh, if no. I had gone with Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, you know, even worse... I knew this because our number one and two Cineplexes, School of Rock and OPC Where Art Thou, had the six YHIM uh, Fantastic Beast Sing lineup. So I thought I was kind of locked out and not gaining ground on anybody. So they whooped you, right? Well, uh, it turns out I didn't need to worry because all of us were wrong. I I mean, we weren't far off money-wise, but I don't think any of us expected Denzel Washington's fences to stand in our way. Uh, the perfect Cineplex turned out to be Sing, Passengers, and six screens of what turned out to be the best performer, Fences. Wow. I mean, I expect I expected it to do well, mm-hmm. but $11.6 million is for sure an overperformance. Right. Yeah, it ended up making $184.1,000 uh, per buck, which was, you know, only right above La La Land's $181.2,000 per buck yeah i was kind of hoping that la la land was going to be best performer that was that was kind of how i was anchoring my my cineplex i think i had three la la lands expecting i would get an extra six million dollar bump out of it well i didn't go and give it i didn't go and give it my twenty dollars so maybe it's my fault did you no not yet i well i actually i already gave it my twenty dollars i already i already bought tickets but i'm seeing it later this week yeah uh speaking of later this week this weekend's lineup is probably going to be even harder than last week's as the only new releases are jackie and lion mm-hmm. and and to boot la la land is a very expensive 104 bucks this week yeah i know so this is, again, a four-day weekend, which poses other problems. You know, so besides the difficulty in just finding estimates and comps, you're also looking at studio issues as well. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, this last week, at the time of recording, uh, three films from last week are still pending results. And FML is yet to make a decision on if they're going to wait 
and let those results come in or if the studios are going to be so delayed that they just have to go with estimates for this week. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, what the hell are you going to play this week? And are those eight screens of La La Land finally a real option? Uh, Jake, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to play this week because I literally have not looked at what's available. Other, well, I, I guess I I clicked onto the page and saw like a couple prices. I can't believe Sing is $600 still. I guess they think it's got some serious staying power. Um, I guess. I mean, Fences hopped up to 154. That's pretty... Uh, that's pretty impressive base, but it's, it's one of those, I, I wonder if it's gonna, it's going to be overinflated and then drop back down and become, cause I, I think fences might have a pretty good, some pretty good longevity Oscar wise, uh, you know, as long as it stays on there, but no, I have no clue what I'm going to play. Not at all. I know. And, and the and, fact that Rogue and why One, him is too expensive to go with eight screens of why him. So I just don't even know what to do. Yeah. The fact that Rogue One <laughs> is still $675 and wasn't even in the perfect Cineplex last week makes me lose some faith in it as well. I know. I know. And, and just even trying to guess what's going to get best performer. It's, it's just such a crazy week. I mean, you can realistically do eight screens of La La Land. You spend 800 bucks, but if it gets best performer and this thing has been red hot yeah but its price is going up as it expands are the cities that it expands into going to make cities that that want to see la la land that's that's the real question and i mean i think la la land's the the type that is probably going to sustain pretty well because it it seems to be getting really good word of mouth but yeah i don't know it it, coasting at that that hundred hundred and four dollar range I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But I legitimately have no idea what I'm playing this week. Uh, and there's there's also Moana, which you can get like six or seven screens of that and then some filler at the end, which I think I saw like, you know, La La Land and Jackie or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Jackie's going to be a contender. I don't think Lion's going to be a contender. And I think Arrival at $18 still can't really compete with Passengers and Rogue One being out. Well, it's a tough week. Obviously, this is where Office Christmas Party rallies, right? <laughs> Uh, I think I think uh, I I think Boo has a better chance of coming back. (laughs) But I never believed in Office Christmas Party. I I didn't even believe in why him. But the numbers, you just couldn't really get over them. (laughs) But you had 20 seconds to set your lineup and had to go with. And I literally had 20 seconds. Having a day off of work, you know, makes it hard to set a lineup. Because at work, I don't have anything to do. And when I'm off of work, I have all this stuff I have to do. (laughs) I hope nobody at work listens to this. So, Jake, what do you think you're going to play? Legitimately, right now, I'm I'm thinking a bunch of La La Lands, an anchor, and some filler. I I just, I think this is La La Lands week to shine. I I like that. I really like it. I don't know. Like, it might be suicide. It might be a kamikaze mission. It might be. But. And the other problem is um, my season total. I'm in third in our league behind School of Rock and OPC Where Art Thou. School of Rock is in the top 100 overall. OPC Where Art Thou, top 300. And I'm in the top 500. So, which is, you know, I'm really proud of my Cineplexes right now. None of them were perfect, but I'm competing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blow it all. I almost want to just hedge this week because it's so crazy. Yeah, here, Jake. Here's actually here's what I'm going to do. Um, I I have no chance in this league at this point. I've I've blown too many. Um, I'm I'm just going to fill up with eight screens of La La Land. It's uh you know wishful thinking. It's not going to get me anywhere. But I'm going to do it. I'm no, setting it now, it, and I'll leave it. It it probably won't, but it. 
You know, another thing you could do, you could do the uh, the Oscar the Oscar uh, lineup is what I'm going to call it, which is four fences, three La La Land, and one Manchester by the Sea, which might be what those films take home. <laughs> Oscar counts. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, they 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 say that uh, Casey Affleck's almost a certain shoe in for best actor. Really? Yeah, that's, that's he's been he's been sweeping up uh, awards left and right. Yeah, I just I mean I know I know he plays his type of character really well. This movie doesn't really appeal to me that much, but I know I'm going to end up seeing it cuz I think it's going to get nominations. Yeah, so. that's you know how I feel about this and I I'm in sort of the same boat like come come February if it's still around I might end up having to go and see it against my, you know, better judgment, but we'll we'll see when the time comes. It's okay. Right now, I can only see as far as that Thursday or so coming up when I go and see La La Land. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, no, I am as well. And hopefully we'll get a chance to at least do a short round review of it. I This is this is right behind The Lobster, the movie that I mo- have most anticipated this year. So it would be a shame if we don't get to talk about it. No, I, I 100% agree, Chris. Still need more FML in your life? Catch my weekly recaps and predictions each Wednesday on the War Starts at Midnight blog. And if you've got a hot take for the next perfect Cineplex, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at WSAMPod. And stick around, the Jedi Council will reconvene after the break with some really rad recommendations. All right, guys, it's really rad recommendation time once again. Uh, Grand Moff Sudden, because you are the newest addition to the Jedi Council, uh, we'll let you go first. What do you have to recommend? Uh, Video-wise, I just watched an interesting documentary on Bad Brains on YouTube, which was super super entertaining by uh, Cyril Oliver. Goes over the history of the band. They were having a reunion tour. Uh, Goes into the perils of being an aged punk band. Whenever your lead singer is kind of not all there, but which we can was, all relate to, yeah, we can all relate to. So this is this is like a not looking back on, but like it was a, a you, you get a little bit of history, you know, of, of their influences and how they influenced other people. But it was it, they followed them on uh, I think it was a 2012 or 2013 tour. Okay, and it, how it starts off with the greatest of of plans and crashes abysmally <laughs> the end. Yeah. as as all good music as all do, good right? music does, yeah. All right. Uh, Did you want a print thing, or are we just doing no, videos? No, or no? no I mean, um, if you got, if you got. Oh, some. I've here lately <laughs> in the uh, the linen closet of comics. I've been rereading a bunch of old uh, Tales from the Crypt, the uh, right on Dark Horse comics. Just I don't know if they just re released them, but they're uh, reprinted. I know the first couple I've been trying to find. They've reprinted them, so they're more easily available. The the original Tales from the Crypt comics, and they're pretty great. They've been recolored and. Fantastic stories. Nice. Yep. Jason, what do you got? So uh, my recommendation comes from Netflix. Uh, I love documentaries. I think Netflix generally has a good selection. 
This one, uh, I kind of just stumbled on uh, some, somehow. It's called Elstree 1976. And since this is a Star Wars episode, uh, it's, it's specifically, uh, it's, a, it's a documentary by John Spira. And it was actually released in 2015. And it goes through, and it's it's extremely obscure. I don't even think it's got uh, like very good ratings. But as a Star Wars fan, it was interesting because what they do is they go back and they speak with uh, extras and actors, you know, mm-hmm. behind they were under some of the the costumes. And David Prowse, uh, who played uh, Darth Vader, he acted as Darth Vader. Um, did, did not know he was not the voice of Darth Vader until, right? Yeah, which is good. He wasn't. <laughs> um, so it's really fascinating. I think the uh, box office return was eleven thousand three hundred eighty-one dollars. Oh, good. So, <laughs> and again, this is this. You know, it's a Netflix. You add it to your queue. Yeah, it's a great watch. Um, I really enjoyed. Again, just just seeing more about the story, more the history. My last recommendation last year was uh, a do- another documentary, and I, I love seeing it. I love Star Wars, of course. And so just, just hearing more of the stories from the extras and people who didn't play as large a role, um, just their perspective was very fascinating to me. Um, and I thought it was really well done. And again, Netflix, you know, you're not losing anything. You're not yeah. losing money on it. Nice. I'll, I'll add it to the queue. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hunter, what do you got? Well, I have a twofer today. The first, the pertinent Star Wars one is also a Netflix documentary. It's called I Am Your Father. And is about the aforementioned David Prowse. There's actually more controversy as to how he did not play that character, and I won't get into details. It's it's better that you actually find out because it, it isn't just a black and white story of him being robbed. There's actually uh, more nuance to it. So, um, and it in the documentary covers his life story. It also catches up with him now. And then what's interesting is kind of the crux of it is they wanted to recreate the scene in Return of the Jedi whenever he takes off, Vader takes off his helmet and you see who he is, because that is actually not David Prowse. So that's kind of what the uh, the through line is with this. So it's I Am Your Father on Netflix. Once again, it's $9.99 a month, which you're probably already paying anyway. <laughs> and then my non-Star Wars recommendation is a comic I just read recently called Dark Knight. It is a Vertigo Elseworld tale. Paul Denny, who yeah, is a mm-hmm. writer on Batman the Animated Series, during during the uh, writing of Mask of the Phantasm, he was mugged. He got the crab beaten out of him, was left for dead. And this is a true story. And so he had to kind of bring himself back into into it's a, it's a dark story. Yeah, exactly. And so this this graphic novel, he wrote about the attack, but he it he has the Batman characters come into the story and kind of be his source of inspiration to go out and and not just succumb to the darkness, but rise above it. Mm-hmm. So um it's it's part Batman story, part autobiography of Paul Denny. Very interesting. You can get it on Amazon or your local library. It's Dark Knight, but it's not K Knight. It's Knight as in Knight. Yeah, and it's it's in a it's also in a great hardcover. Um, it's fairly inexpensive as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, really, really amazing art on it too. Kind of plays between his hallucinations of these comic book characters coming into his world and his like normal. Right. As, as uh, Neil Gaiman said on the, on, on his recommendation of it, as he said, it shouldn't work and it absolutely does work. And Mark Hamill, who of course played Luke Skywalker called it a masterpiece. So uh, very inspirational, great read, quick read, dark Knight. Couldn't recommend it any more highly. Mark Hamill, you say? Mark Hamill. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Who was also the yeah. Joker in the animated series. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. See, it all ties puncher. together. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably remember him from. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that, right, that that's right. That's <laughs> right. How could we forget? All right. This brings me to uh, my recommendation. And um, it, it actually has a few uh, connections to Star Wars. The first being that um, Sir Alec Guinness was in a movie in, I believe, the 60s called The Lady Killers. This is a remake of it by the Coen brothers. Um, also, for those of you who have seen Hail Caesar, um, probably the most famous line from from the film is, would that it were so simple. Um, rewatching this, Jacob Graves, our, our intrepid friend, actually noticed that that line is in this film, more or less. And so there might actually be some mirroring um, there between uh, real life art imitating the art co- imitating life, the, the Coen, Coen cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and as we know, Alden Ehrenreich, who's going to play Han Solo, is the one who has so much trouble with this line. Let's give Chris Gallagher an applause for that tying the thread. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I saw Lady Killers on your list, and that that has nothing to do with anything. And and how it and how it ties more directly into Rogue One is I felt like um, the deaths in Rogue One were kind of like the deaths in the Lady Killers. Spoilers for the Lady Killers. Everyone ends up dead, but it's just like once they start dying, you just kind of know it's coming, and and so it's like a uh, there. This is this is I'm, I'm stretching here. They're obviously. both movies. They're Lady both, Killers is a movie. They're, both, and they're both movies, and and it's a ragtag team of of people trying to trying to pull off a con or a, or a heist, which is kind of what I wanted. There was credits and then, at the end, <laughs> and then title sequence, and then and they no all crawl. and then they all <laughs> no one by one end up dead by the end. So that's my recommendation. Lady Killers uh, was on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore, but you can you can rent it. Uh, you know, all the us- usual places, iTunes, etc. And uh, that's a wrap for another episode of War Starts at Midnight. Find us online at warstartsatmidnight.com for show notes, fantasy movie league recaps, and more. Or say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WSAMPod. And uh, guys, do you do you have anything, any social media you'd like to plug? Jason? Yeah, sure. Uh, last time I was plugging more Invisible Element mm-hmm. um, on, that's my website. That's my where I do my my business uh, invisibleelement.com, uh, also on Instagram at invisible element. But since then, uh, I just on the side for fun and creative outlet, I've started kind of a, a little toy photography, uh, Instagram account that's called work more or less. And, uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. If, if we were smart at all, we would have plugged that up at the top of this, this show as well. Because <laughs> there's no way anyone's still listening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, well, or, or someone gets on, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't recognize the name. They might recognize the account. You've got, you got a solid, solid yeah. following on there. Yeah. It's, it's so. been pretty, it's pretty, it's cool. It's, it's something, again, I just wanted to do as an, an outlet, but yeah. it's been fun to see, uh, there's a giant toy community. It's toy photography community yeah. in particular. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy to 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 have met as many people I have, I have as I have who are you know similar to like yeah. work in production or work you know as designers or they just do it for fun yeah I I was completely unaware that this was some sort of subgenre of Instagram until until you started doing it and so now I follow several accounts but like I I I love you have a very specific style to the way that you you compose and the way that you kind of use practical and non-practical yeah. elements and stuff that that I really love. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun again to be able to to work. I mean, I'm doing animation, motion design, design in general. So to be able to take those skills I've, you know, kind of honed for the last 12 years or so, maybe longer, and kind of bring that into to, like photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been really fun. It's yeah. challenging and, and something different than just, you know, taking something outside and 
snapping some pictures. Yeah. Midnight Midnight Warriors, if you are not following this account, you you certainly should be. And as you probably gathered by now, Midnight Warriors, Jason Yon is just way cooler than you are. <laughs> way yeah. cooler than you are, way cooler than I am, way cooler than all of us. So just accept that and move on with your life. Yeah. What about you, Sutton? You got anything to plug? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> Great. It's just me because and I've, I am unpluggable. Just trying, trying to plug those holes. Just trying to plug those holes. Yeah. Feel that spaggle. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> thank you both very much for being on the show and expanding the Jedi Council. We appreciate your contributions. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Plugging, plugging the holes, as you it were. You have to sit with us for another four years at least, right? <laughs> at least. We'll have to do this once a year, yeah. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, ladies and gentlemen, please rate and subscribe to it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. It'll help us grow the Midnight Warrior Clan, and more importantly, it'll fill you with some Christmas cheer. We're past Christmas at this point, Hunter. It'll fill you with post-Christmas cheer. On the other hand, if you're the trolling type who's just hate listening through all these credits, go ahead and tell us everything I got wrong at hello at warstartsatmidnight.com. Or if you're a narcissist, you can leave a voicemail and see if we play it. Just ring that bright red telephone at 484-424-6362. The War Starts at Midnight theme song was produced by Justin Streck. The spoiler alert theme song is by The Taylor Machine. Check them out at facebook.com slash The Taylor Machine. And shout out to Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, for the featured music on this week's show. Find more at slyby.com. That's S-S-L-Y-B-Y.com. Join us another fortnight for a very special War Crimes review of Michael Crichton's 1973 sci-fi western starring Yul Brynner, Richard Benjamin, and James Rowland, Westworld. And don't forget to join us at Circle Cinema here in Tulsa for the special two-night-only screening of Westworld, January 13th and 14th at 10 p.m. Tickets are now on sale. Thanks for listening, folks. And may the Force be with you. Mm-hmm.